0: Welcome to the Human Performance Podcast. Here we talk about everything to do with human performance and how leaders and organizations can get the best out of themselves and their people. I'm your host, Alex Young. My guest on the podcast this week is Sean Harper. Sean is a former NFL offensive tackle who's played for the Rams, the Houston Oilers, the Indianapolis Colts, and for three years in NFL Europe. Sean now helps to transform corporate environments, build leadership, train teams, and impact youth development in schools with high energy keynote speeches that activate winners. We talk about overcoming adversity, the habits of elite level athletes, and how to develop a winning edge and be a winner in anything that you do. Hey, Sean, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? You know that i'm doing very well
1: i'm just sitting here it's a nice little rainy day here in columbus ohio but it's okay i'm ready to win
0: uh awesome well you know do you know uh, likewise i'm sat in bristol at the moment on the west coast of the uk and it's also raining so i'm glad that although we're not in the same room uh, we've got the same outdoor scenery although it's probably not that not that nice um uh, yeah. for um i mean it's, it's amazing just sort of looking through some of your backstory um Obviously, you've got a fantastic background in, in sports, overcoming so adversity, and, and then coaching. Uh, rather than me sort of telling everyone about it, it'd be great if you could explain your own personal journey uh, to all of the listeners.
1: Yeah, well, um, hello, listeners. My name is Sean Harper, seven-year professional football player, motivational speaker, life coach, investor, uh, trainer as well. And I do a lot of speaking engagements. But on the other side of things, I am a CEO of a a full-service security firm. Have been doing this for uh, close to 20 years, and so I, you know, I have both of the corporate experience, and then I have the football experience. And what I was able to do was able to merge both of them together. Uh, I was bringing and stripping aspects of playing professional football. And I kind of infused it into corporate America and probably one of the biggest paradigms that I did was I uh, got rid of the success model and then I moved over to what's called a winning model. And uh, I, I, I actually teach that and I actually encourage that in every aspect of, of, of business every day. Um, I was forced into having that winning mindset because I was faced with insurmountable odds of having learning disabilities, uh, not really starting in high school football, barely starting in high school football uh, with like 1.62 accumulative GPA, as far as low as you can get and still pass. Um, and extreme poverty and so everything in life said that Sean you cannot be successful you can work hard and be a middle-of-the-road guy and when I developed that or adopted the winning concept it kind of catapulted me straight to the NFL and then from there straight into corporate and so I've been using it learning it and teaching it everywhere I go
0: (laughs) And I think one of the things about your background that is so remarkable is is that kind of overcoming um i suppose adversity and and certainly when people are telling you you know you can't do things um and, and you really have to sort of take ownership and and, and overcome that. Could you speak to a little bit about sort of some of those struggles that, that you sort of had to overcome when you were at high school and, and how that then moved you into um, the NFL?
1: Oh yeah, like I could remember um being in the fifth grade. And I'm struggling one day in class. And, and you know, the teacher's asking me to read out loud. You know, the eighth student, you know, I was sitting the eight, eight kids back and I'm trying to get all the paragraphs down packed. And I stand up and I read and I'm stuttering, you know, and I'm just like, man, I can't formulate these words. And the students are laughing. And then the next day uh, she asked me to go to the board to write something down. And you know what, I can't spell either. And they're laughing. And what happened at that point was that the teacher, you know, did the best she could. She tried to cover me. And, but after class, she said, you know what I need for you to meet some people next week or some other, you know, I, I don't know exactly what it was. And they tested me uh, for maybe a couple of days. And they said, you know what, we need to see your mom right away. And they said, uh, Miss Harper, your son has four to five documented learning disabilities, and they had so you know all these prescribed programs and tutors, a smaller classroom, and you know I'm just looking back and forth, and I'm watching my mom get agitated, and she stood up and she slammed her hand down. She said, "You will not label my son." And I'm like, oh, y'all made mama mad now. I don't have, I didn't know what was going on. But that was probably one of the most important moments in my evolution as as a winner. And she looked at me, she said, son, you're going to have to do this. And I learned and I developed and I struggled and I failed and I scratched and I crawled. And I said, I'm going to be the best that Aaron Sean Harper can be. And I found a way to win. Same thing with sports. You know, I wasn't even honorable mention uh, uh, all conference in high school. I was the kids, so I was the little fat kids sitting in the back, you know, eating that nasty cordon blue. I don't know where cordon blue came from, but, probably never mind. I'm eating cordon blue and I hate cordon blue and I'm but I'm hungry and you know these kids are getting all these awards, you know, and I'm just, you know, Sean, here's your participation award. And and it's like, wow, you know, but I had a dream, I had a goal of one day playing professional football, not starting football, but I want to play professional football. I don't know where this dream come from. I want to become a motivational speaker. I'm stuttering my entire life. I couldn't complete a sentence until college. I don't know where this is coming from, but it was deeper than me. It was bigger than me. It was greater than me. And once I went off to junior college and I began to make some adjustments and develop that winning concept, everything came to fruition. But it was a lot of adversity. But, you know, the thing about adversity is that adversity can break you, but it also can make you a record breaker.
0: It's really interesting hearing you talk. And I think um, it's interesting. I I don't know, like, at the time, if if you kind of – saw anyone else i guess in uh, you know sports or in business or anything like that who had things like dyslexia i mean i mean the one that springs to my mind is, is obviously like richard branson uh who you know is is just phenomenally successful but again had to go through that process of sort of really overcoming something where in school he was labeled as as you know not being smart because yeah. he wasn't but because that was a, a sort of diagnosis labeled on him um i mean how how obviously easy to look back in hindsight but I guess you know that must have been very very difficult time for you as a as a child
1: yeah you know what it was it was extremely difficult I believe one of the most difficult aspects of that is not allowing or trying not to allow it to affect your self-concept and self-esteem because after you you know get f's after f's after f's D's on papers, being laughed at over repeatedly by your friends, your peers, it begins to wear on your self-esteem. It begins to wear on your self-concept. And I tell you what, it had a huge effect and it's taken me years. And you know what? To be honest, I'm still dealing with remnants of that, the residue of that, which is why when I do school assemblies and I talk to kids about choices and bullying, I'm like, please do not bully because that could, could, could has has the potential to harm an individual for the rest of their life, destroying their achievement ideology and their self-perception.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 so so important, I guess, especially when you're young to have that kind of mindset um that you can do absolutely anything. And um I, I you know I completely agree. I think people where they're sort of put into a box and labeled and and then they buy into that, which obviously you didn't, um that can really sort of, you know, affect what they do in the future. Now, mm-hmm. you went on to be kind of, you know, phenomenally successful in, in sports. Um, could, I guess, you know, at that stage, is there anything where you look back and you just think, although at the time it was bad, I'm glad I kind of went through that because it's instilled into me these these kind of core cool values. Is, is there any a couple of things that spring to mind for you? Well, you know what? I don't think I would change uh, any of it.
1: I don't think I would change, well, no, I take that back, you know, There was some, you know, situations involving my father that I wish I could change. You know, wish that I could have had a better relationship with my father. Uh, He had left when I was like three years of age or four years of age. And uh, my mom had to raise all six of us by herself. You know, but, you know, I wish that that was a better uh, scenario. But you know what? I've learned this. And, you know, some some self-help guru taught me this. One of the many ones that I've listened to is that you you go back and you take your situation and you just rebrand it. It's like, you know what? You failed. You had to repeat the first grade. um, And guess what? That made you a stronger individual to work harder. Yes. You're not disabled. You're uniquely enabled. That means that you have strengths and skills that other people don't have. Rely on your strengths and skills and you staff your weaknesses, you know? And so I had to go back and, you know, you know, actually acknowledge what happened in my life, but you know what, give honor to it and say, thank you and show gratitude versus despair.
0: And and then kind of shifting forwards to um, when you then did go and, and fulfill your dream of of playing in the NFL for um, people, you know, people like the, the Rams and, and some other like amazing teams. The, I mean, the, the other side of things there is not only have you overcome adversity, but the actual training and the dedication it needs to become a football player is enormous. I mean, what were some of the things you learned from, I suppose, sports training and and mindset and the physical aspects of that?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that I've learned um, is that once you get to the once you get to the professional ranks, you know, there's not much um, degree of difference in the level of talent. Sure, there's superstars, and there's guys that are just absolutely phenomenal. But for the most part, You know, these guys, you know, they're maybe, you know, maybe a couple inches from each other, if I could use the word inches as far as a degree of talent. It's not that much. Uh, But what they do or what the ones or what the winners do is that they always look for the edge. They always look for an edge. They always look for something that they can do just a little different that can give them a strategic advantage, no matter how small it is. And this, sometimes just the small advantages that allows them to play 15, 20, I'm sorry, um, 10 to 15 years professional football. One guy comes to mind. He was like a mentor to me. His name was Jackie Slater. Jackie Slater played 20 years as an offensive lineman. Now keep in mind the average lifespan of an NFL football player is 2.8 to three years. He played 20 years professional football. But you know, one of the things that he would do is that he was willing to do what everyone else was not willing to do, which means that if practice started at, at three o'clock, he would come outside at two 45 and he would train. And I know this cause he made me come with him to hold the bags and he would train for 15 minutes, um, just on his own. And after practice, you know, he would train, you know, maybe 10 to 15 minutes on his own. And you know what those 15 minutes adds up over the course of a season, over the course of years. And he played 20 so, Learning little things like that, little tactics and strategies is uh, what I was able to, you know, bring over into the corporate realm as well.
0: Yeah, super interesting. And and I guess, I mean, one of the things kind of tying those things together, i.e. kind of overcoming limitations and then those kind of habits of sort of elite athletes is almost like a kind of, you know, small daily ritual, you know, overcoming little, little victories um, and, and winning on a, on a kind of micro scale to get to that macro level. Um, what, what is, you know, if, if you were sort of reflecting back on your time, both in sports and uh, at high school, what are some of the things that you feel people could do um, to sort of overcome adversity or to, or to really improve themselves on a daily basis?
1: Oh, well, um,
0: one of the first things that I
1: would encourage people to do is be extremely mindful of your focus, number one. Number two, be extremely mindful of what you give your attention to. You change your focus, you change your life. You tend to manifest what you focus on. You focus on failure, you'll manifest failure. You focus on winning, you'll manifest winning. And so you always, you always protect your focus Uh, which means that, you know what, you you might need to turn off the TV. You might need to turn off the social media and strategically guide your focus into winning. Um, I used to laugh at people that had like motivational posters on the wall, but you know what? That's important. A vision board is important because it lines up your focus, change your focus and you change your life. And I just sprinkled in there um, being mindful of who you give your attention to, you know, People will ask for money, you know, it's, it's you know, okay, you know, uh, they have a charity or something like that, whatever, you know you know, you know, you know, but when you want my time, it's no by default. You have to really convince me to come up off my time because time is the one, um, it's the one thing that you can never get back. And so I'm very protective of my time.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's really great advice, and I, th- I think you know valuing yourself is is absolutely part of that. And um, I think you know w- one of the things that um, I uh, really kind of uh, loved as a kind of analogy um, that that you have in some of your um, your sort of written material. So in in your ebook, The Winning Edge, which is is kind of available on your website, which um, is, is kind of free to access, uh, one of the the f- kind of coolest lines around the focus section is you say you know batman isn't depressed just because he can't fly like superman um yeah and 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 i think um focusing on your strengths and surrounding yourself with good people is is absolutely critical in in any kind of form of life whether it's sports or whether it's business um have you sort of had any experiences of, of of that sort of aspect of things where it's not only yourself and your own focus but actually making a concerted effort to surround yourself with people who, who level you up and take you to the next level.
1: Yeah. So that honestly, that right there is the secret is building a great team, maintaining a great team, learning how to to change the team when it's time to change the team. I know a person um, every four years, regardless, uh, actually Every four to seven years, regardless, he changes everyone on his team. He gets rid of everyone and he starts all over again, which is absolutely amazing. Uh if you look at some of the greatest winners, they all had teams. And some of the some of the most phenomenal winners, they had a deeper level of a team, they had a partner. So let's just say um uh let's say Bill Gates, right? So We know who Mr. Gates is. So who is Mr. Allen? For years, it was his partner. No one talks about Mr. Allen. Well, he's since now deceased. So we like music over there. So, so, you know, I guess he could talk some like music and something that people from both sides of the pond could understand. Uh, uh, Mick Jagger, right? Rolling Stones. You know the Rolling Stones, right? So uh, who is Keith Richards? Right. He's been right next to him all these years. Uh, music, Simon and Simon and Art uh, Garfunkel. I mean, it, it, these teams are every I mean, look at Warren Buffett and Charlie. Charlie's sitting right next to him the whole time, sitting to the left of him for years. That's his partner. These guys have teamed up with whether it's male or female, you have to have a team. You have to build and manage a team. That's how you make it. That's how you win. Winners have
0: teams. It's 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 a great point, and I think um, yeah, as uh, someone who's kind of built teams, uh, you know, myself, I think it is absolutely critical that you you're hiring the right people and 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 also building a culture and also hiring people into that culture um, to to level them up and make sure that they win. I mean, when you go in and you sort of work with executives and um, sort of businesses, what are some of the bits of advice that that you would give to people on, on kind of company culture and building out teams that really are built to win?
1: Well, yeah, well, let's just take the last word that you said just now, win, okay? Now, if I were to walk into a room of maybe 20, 30 people, maybe sea level. And I said, we're going to be successful. Okay. What is successful? So one person successful could be that we're all sharing and we're helping the poor. Another person says that's successful is that we've all made our numbers. Another person might think, you know, we've done everything effectively and efficiently. And the other person might say, you know, what we're successful because we're all having fun. Right, we're all together. We're just having a great time. We're successful, but when you say the word "win," now you strip out everything else, and it's clearly defined. We are going to win, and this is what the win is. Now it's it 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 actually crystallizes, which is one of the secrets of playing football. And I have to admit, it's one. It, it is it is something that gave us the advantage of. Playing uh, professional football when you have 45 to 50 egotistical guys and they're all in the locker room, is they all understood what the win was. This is the win. Okay. And the fans knew this is the win. The owners knew this is the win. There was no if and buts about it. Everyone was locked in. So what I'm trying to say is that you cannot, you cannot gather your team if you don't have a focal point that everyone is buying into and so when you start talking in terms of winning that that in itself not only allows them to buy into it physically they buy into it um physiologically as well because we are created to win we're born to win we're one of two Of three million sperm cells. We're the one. We are the one that fertilized the egg. We won. Think about that for a second, which is why football or over on your neck of the woods, football is so huge. Think about that. Like, why are we spending billions of dollars every year centered around a ball, an odd shaped ball? Look at gambling. Gambling is a multi billion dollar industry. Man, we're fixated. We want to win the games. Kids are upset. Or their kids are playing games all night because they're trying to win. Everything is centered around that word.
0: It's so, it's re- re- I mean really really interesting hearing, hearing you sort of talk about um, about winning and that kind of um, you know I guess from like a medical point of view um, that yeah. that kind of like dopamine release that that people yeah. when when they win stuff it is you're absolutely right it's physiologically okay. built into people and I think often sometimes in business people maybe don't associate you know, their, their roles within a company as, as winning necessarily. And, and often that's because there's some misalignment from, from the leadership and, and building out that culture. Wow. Um, really? I mean, what, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely.
1: Because it's built on a success model and a success model engages intellect it engages education. it. It, it, it's, it's built around materialism. They have defined what success or what a win is. And the first thing they did is that they changed the word and they called the word success. Then they told us what it was. It's wealth. It's influence. It's um, mobility. That is success. Now you've made it. They've stripped away family. They've stripped away, you know, uh, the essence of who you are and engaging 100%. They stripped all that away. We're not created for success. We're created to win. So we're not also, we're not created to produce as much as we're created to reproduce. So, you know, If you can't get your culture, which is another very important word, if you can't get your culture, well, no, you will not be able to get your culture to buy into the success model because the elements that they are attacked or attracted to and respond to at every aspect of who they are won't be activated. But when you say, you know what, here's the win. The win is we're going to do this and then we're going to take the proceeds and we're going to give it to the poor and we're going to do this, we're going to do... You create a culture now that people are ready to go and fight for the opportunity.
0: Yeah, re- really powerful message. And I think it it plugs into what what I've sort of talked about um, a couple of times before on this podcast, which is buying into a vision and a value set that's bigger than yourself. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've had some some really interesting guests on the, on the podcast before where you know out outwardly um you know they, they have been very very su- uh, successful but it's only after they've kind of looked inwardly at what is their own you know why what, what do they actually get enjoyment from why you know why are they here on the planet um, that they really find kind of like um what their, what their mission is um and and for you know for, for, for you when you're going in and, and looking at, at teams and advising people, what are some of the you know the biggest problems that you are seeing in that kind of winning mentality that are perhaps holding some people back within the kind of corporate structure at the moment? Well, one of the challenges, and there's a few, but one of the challenges is that
1: there's a mission statement, right? There's a vision statement, but the win is not is not uh, defined. Um, crystallized. It's not, it's not crystallized. Therefore, people cannot lock in on it. They, they they you know they're like, okay, this is what we have to do. Uh why? We're doing this well, why? Well why are we doing this? Why why? And and ever if you if you get a group of people like that, then they're not able to fully engage. And so um, it goes back to one of the words you mentioned earlier, which is culture, which is huge. You know, because if we're the seed, the culture, the culture is the secret sauce. Is that do you have a culture that the seed can grow? Do you have a culture that can people can express their ideas? Do you have a culture where people can fail? And you know, and 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 learn from it without the threat of them um, not having a job next week. So being able to create the culture on top of being able to clearly define expectations and people understand and agree and are behind them
0: right and I, I guess you know for, for people listening you know, we're, we're talking about winning um a lot but obviously one of the things you mentioned there sean was was giving people the freedom to be creative to to be innovative in how they sort of solve problems and 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 how they they try to win but often you know not not all the time are people going to actually win and they, and they will fail at some things how how do you sort of create a mindset where failure is fine because I think as you know, as humans were often taught that, you know, failing is a bad thing from, from kind of school and everything like that. Um, how do you sort of embrace failure and overcome that to, to then make it become part of your journey?
1: Failure is your friend. That's number one. But failure is a bad thing if you don't learn from it. Just like going to school is not productive if you don't learn in school. You're sitting there for 12 years doing nothing. So, failure is your friend if you can take what happened, dissect it, break it down, the ups and the downs, um, um, the the actual the actual embarrassments, the humility behind it, reapply, and then to move forward. Do you know the average millionaire in America has found for bankruptcy about three point five times? And so oh, wow. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. According to Google, and we all know that Google is like <laughs> they know everything. So, according to Google, it's like th- three times. They have found for failure is your friend. And that, by the way, is one of the secrets that has allowed America to prosper. One of the hidden secrets is that we have laws set up that if you fail, you can start again. Other, s- I sh- yeah, you go ahead. I'm sorry,
0: sorry. i Sorry, I was, was going to say, you know, I think um, listening to you sort of um, talk and, and having seen a lot of your, um, uh, you know, sort of motivational stage speeches, do, do you think there's an element where people just, they need to almost have that, that sort of feeling of what it's like to win, put, put inside them almost. And, and I think, you know, you're incredibly effective when you're on stage at motivating people do you, do you, how, how do you think people can kind of, you know, self-motivate and, and uh, you know, if, if they don't have a kind of, you know, Sean Harper in their pocket, um, how, how can they really get that feeling of, of, of winning and overcoming failure if, if they do make a mistake?
1: Yeah, well, you know, the first thing that they have to do is that that winning is already there. They got to tap into it. That winning feeling that when your favorite team wins, that's the feeling. The second thing that you mentioned earlier is that you mentioned, or the second thing I will mention uh, that you mentioned earlier was an amazing um, uh, chemical called dopamine. You have to retrain that because everything in our society is after that dopamine spike. Every like on Instagram, every like on Facebook, every movie that you watch, you know, great foods, great chocolates that you eat. You know, you need to go on, and I don't have time to explain it, but you need to go on a dopamine fast. You need to rid your body of all the things that are, you know, that are dulling you to sleep because of these dopamine spikes. Then you need to say, "Here's my goal. I've accomplishment, and I've accomplished it. And and this is how I feel. That's 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 the emotion. That's your win." You know, again, and and for some people, that win is being around other people, helping people, you know, and and for some people, that win is being recognized individually, you know, and for some people, that win is creating great, powerful systems. These are different temperaments, okay? And so when you have your win, you have to put, or when you're selling your win to your team, you have to put all of those
0: variables in there. Or they're not going to buy into it. And I guess pulling pulling together a couple of things we've we've just mentioned, um, especially kind of overcoming failure as well as winning. Um, I know one of the big things you talk about is is standing out and actually daring to be different, uh, which I think you know in in especially in the current environment um, on on a kind of global scale where we've got sort of uh, coronavirus and and multiple kind of different issues. How how do you think kind of, you know, people in the current climate can sort of stand out and take risks um, and, and get these like big wins, I guess, rather than, uh, you know, being too conservative in, in how they're approaching things?
1: Well, one of the things that I've done is there's two words that I say whenever I want to, you know, do something audacious and I want to kind of step out of the boat a little bit. You know, it's like says who? Who says that I have to, you know, um, uh, look a certain way, act a certain way, and if I fail, then, you know, I'm going to be, you know, the laughing stock. Says who? Okay. Who in God's name made the rules? Who's made the rule that I have to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain color? Who made the rules here? And it's like if I dare step out of that, you know, then, you know, I'm going to be shunned. do you know where that came from? That came from school. Think about it. When you're first, second, third grade, you know, you don't get a good mark. And you know, the teacher didn't congratulate you. The teacher didn't say, hey, you know, let's learn from this. The teacher, the teacher did not encourage you through that F. They just put the F there and then they went on teaching. They shunned you. So now guess what? You are afraid. It's been ingrained into your nervous system. You're You are afraid of taking chances. Because you don't want to be isolated. Let me tell you something. Sometimes rejection is protection. You know, uh, um, uh, <laughs> you need. Uh, it's it's funny. People criticize outliers. People criticize and 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 um, verbally abuse people who are different when we're younger, and then when we're older, they admire some of the same people. It's weird. Like you admire Michael Phelps because he was an Olympic athlete you you had you admired um, uh, Steve Jobs you admired uh, um, so many famous people why because they're different Well why the heck
0: do you reject them when you're younger because they're different uh, that don't make sense Yeah I mean, Just awesome, awesome points. And uh, I I think, um, again, you know, from your own personal journey, you you mentioned at the top of the conversation that uh, not only have you kind of, did you succeed in sport, but you also succeeded in business with your um, security firms. What were some of the things that you learned, I guess, transitioning into business yourself um, that, that you now kind of teach to other people as well?
1: Yeah. So like one of the things that I learned from, from, playing football that I immediately used in corporate is understanding your competition. You know, it's, it amazes me that um, businesses don't understand or don't know about their competition. When we played football, we probably spent 50 plus hours a week studying the other team. Every person, we knew their name, we knew everything about them. We knew their stance, we knew this, we knew setups, we knew their girlfriend's name, we knew everything. It, 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 we studied our opponents. So, you know, when I'm you now moving into corporate now and I'm a, and I have a security firm, guess what? I'm gonna study. The competition, I know their price points, I know their price breakdowns, I know their methodology, I've had some of their manuals, I know everything about them, I have to, they're the competition, if they make a switch, why are they making a switch, you know, why are they making that adjustment, oh man, I had to get ahead of that, who did I lose the bid to, what did they charge, it's it just it just it just fascinates me that you want to go out and start your own company and you don't understand your competition. If you don't understand your competition, then you don't know how to establish your niche.
0: yeah, I mean I, I think it's often some of the advice that I give to people who have founding companies is is also not only look at the competition but look at similar companies in the space and, and look at what they've achieved before you and how they've gone about yeah. that and, and what their processes are mm-hmm. because that can really not only can you learn from their successes but also you can learn from their failures and where you can kind of improve yeah. from. I think it's often overlooked as you say yeah. uh, in, in in businesses as a whole
1: yeah most definitely um, not too far from where I am there's a famous basket company I'm not going to mention the name But they all but went out of business, a famous basket company. It's about 30 miles from where I'm at right now. And I so want to meet the CEO or um, the VP. I'm saying, what was the process of your demise? What happened? What, What were the warning signs? What did you not listen to? What did you not see? You know, it, it, let me learn from your failures, okay? You know, um, we don't do enough of that. So, you know, I, I, I'm i actually going to start talking to people and interviewing people on just that thing um, so that we can learn from the success and from the failures.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it's um it's a very kind of healthy process. And I think, um, especially in kind of tech companies um and, and anything, you know, where, where the boundaries are really being pushed, often... Companies uh, you know, will fail at a very early stage. And I think places like you know, the West Coast of America, Silicon Valley, are, are good at uh, all of the things really that you have, have been talking about, which is people don't get hung up if they fail, they, they get on this start another company, they learn from their mistakes. But I think in, in you know, in other parts of the world and, and particularly actually um, in the United Kingdom where where I am at the moment. Um, I think people become often very cynical, or they're scared to, to sort of admit their mistakes and worried about what other people think. But actually, you know, you have done something. You you have been, as we were talking about, an outlier, and you've tried to do something. And even if it hasn't worked, you you've learned, and and that's kind of a step uh, of your journey. And and to share that with other people is just hugely helpful. Um, and 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 I would guess probably quite kind of cathartic as well in in sort of describing and explaining what's happened, but. Uh, I, I completely agree. I, th- I definitely think there should be more more, um, uh, you know, discussions around what people have learned from some of these these different situations. Yeah, um, it would actually help us a lot. It would. Uh,
1: I, I I actually had uh, someone share with me some of their mistakes, and 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 learning from that has enabled uh, um, my business. To prosper this long, you know, and just sitting down having simple conversations um, has has blessed me tremendously.
0: And I, I guess with um, with sort of your executive coaching as well, you you obviously sort of work with um, c level um, team leaders and and some big organizations. What are some of the the commonalities you see across leaders, you know, across different sectors um, that that you feel you know might be quite Generically applicable to to listeners that, that you sort of help them to improve upon.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's it's one of the challenges is 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 getting them to think differently, getting them to see the obvious right in front of their eyes, um, n- not not approach uh, um, their craft from an actual comfort perspective. Uh, that wind kind of changes things, you know, forget what's in the pipeline. Let's go, let's build stuff. Now let's create stuff. Let's get hungry. Hunger. Um, complacency is, is, is a bad word. You know, if you're not careful, your comfort zone will become your casket, you know, get, you know, you just need somebody to kick your butt and take it to the next level and, and to push them past themselves. Um, That is one of the challenges I've seen. Like, come on, let's go, man. You know, let's go, you know, or woman, you know, let's, let's, let's break the mold. Let's think differently and um, let's prosper in paradigms. Like I, I actually encourage um, in some forms of leadership and uh, to, to, to identify a paradigm like once or twice a week. Um, What is a shift and how is that shift going to affect your company? How is that shift going to affect you? A big example, COVID-19, major paradigm. There are companies that are going to go out of business. Commercial real estate is not doing very well right now. And there are companies that are going to explode. Zoom is going through the roof. I checked it yesterday. Uh, I mean, man, had I got in Zoom in March, we, you know, stuff like that, you know. A paradigm is an opportunity for growth, and forcing and and uh, um, um, teaching and encouraging sea uh, levels to think like that can be at times challenging.
0: With well, um, it, it's you know I think that that's one of the things that, that we like to do with this podcast is getting people to kind of challenge their assumptions, think differently, and and as you say, uh, really push beyond what their limitations are. Um, As we start to wrap up, I mean, at the end of these podcasts, I always ask people for their human performance hero, And I'd be really interested to to hear who yours is, (laughs) Sean. I have a few. Um,
1: I'm not going to name one, but first and foremost, I'm going to name my father. Um, um, He divorced my mom when I was, you know, three or four years of age. And probably around 1998, 99, he came back um, and we invited him back to the company and he stayed with me for 20 years and he had opportunities to you know move to um, Florida vegas to head up a resort and but he would never leave you know i mean it was you know you know it was stressful getting his company off the ground but he realized um the opportunity that he missed and he wasn't going to miss it again so you know you know first and foremost is my daddy i buried him two years ago um he was was an excellent and amazing hero, but from somebody that everyone could understand or know, especially in your neck of the woods, would be a guy like Sir Winston Churchill. I love his tenacity, I love his fight. Um, it, it's amazing. Adversity is like a calling card. It's all, I mean, adversity can be very stressful, but at the same time, it's like a silent call. And that silent call, For the antidote arises, and that individual turns his sail into the wind, and he fights. And all he had was his words and radar, maybe one or two other gifts, and he was able to bring down
0: an empire. Um, I love that. I love that fight. Fantastic example and, and thank you for picking someone from uh, from the UK. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's, been, it's been an absolute pleasure. And and I think, you know, obviously we we are obsessed with the same topics. I think I could talk to you about sports and, and winning uh, literally forever. But uh I, I think what one thing I'll I'll do just to um you know really focus our listeners is is a lot of the concepts we've talked about and a lot of your story is is available on your website um and, and especially your your ebook which is actually free to uh, to download which is called the winning Edge, available through your site um really great read and really actually accessible for people um often you know you want something that's very quick very applicable and, and can be applied to um you know both yourself and your business and and um you know i i found it really really interesting reading all the way through it um but where can people go to to find that ebook and how can they connect with you sean yeah
1: so, my website is seanharper.org, Sean with a W. Um, if you want to just go right to the ebook, it's seanharper.co with seanharper.co. Now, here's the kicker I got a lot of great stuff on my Instagram feed. And so, if you go to Sean with a W, Sean Harper Speaker. There's tons of content, uh, video clips, anything that you, you know, could ever imagine is on there. So like me on there, follow me on there, or you can get the book or you can go to a website and you can get some more videos as well.